Mary Lou Kayser is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, strategic branding coach, and podcaster. She runs a company called Kingfisher Media Publishing. She writes and she teaches strategic branding both to individuals and corporate organizations. And she recently launched her latest book, a collection of poems titled The Far Unlit Unknown. And that's available everywhere and you're going to get all that information. But she's here today to share her strategic branding tips that we can all use in the new year as well as her journey as a writer. And so you're going to want to stick around for today's episode. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Hello, hello, and welcome, everybody. I am so excited, and I have been looking forward to this conversation with Mary Lou. So before we dive in, first and foremost, Mary Lou, thank you for being on the show, and welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, Laura. Oh, my gosh. We are as well. And I'm really thrilled. I have your book here, which is phenomenal, (laughs) and I received this a while ago, and I think I was heading out on a trip to Utah, and this was my companion on the long travel back and forth. And so I know we're going to hear all about your latest book of poems. I'm so grateful for this copy. It's phenomenal. And I'm definitely going to encourage people to visit you on your website. All of that information will be in our show notes. But um, before we dive into the meatiness of today's topic... Uh, I just would love for our audience to hear a little bit about you, what brought you to this point in your career and in your journey, and um, how are you helping people these days? Sure. Well, like I think everybody, um, the journey is not the straight line. There's that meme that goes around on social media where it shows the straight line (laughs) and then all the craziness with the the curlies and the uh, the wavy lines. And, and that's really been my journey. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I've had several different iterations of my professional work. Um, at different points in my life, I was uh, teaching at the college level. I was building WordPress websites back in the late 2000s when social media and websites were really coming on. Then I discovered Amazon and self-publishing and I jumped onto that and really landed there and stayed there for a while. And about the same time, I I also got in on podcasting because I love conversations and I love storytelling. And I think that when we can have conversations like we're having today, Laura, with people and get below the surface of what's going on, that's where real transformation can begin to happen. And so here we are on the cusp of a new year, and I just launched, as you mentioned, my latest book, which is a collection of poems. It's my most personal work to date, and it, I think, is a culmination of everything that I have experienced and done in one form or fashion. And I will put in a side note, just so your audience knows, that I had the honor and privilege of interviewing you on my podcast, which then led to our professional relationship with the work you do, which is unbelievably transformational. I mean, 
this book could not have happened and where I am today with my business could not have happened had I not worked with you for a year. And so I'm going to just give that shout out because you really are remarkable at what you do and help helped me tremendously. And I know you helped so many others. So that's a short, (laughs) short answer to a really big question. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. And, you know, I also want to acknowledge you because as you were sharing, you know, and you talked about twists and turns, our journeys take us. First and foremost, not everybody um, steps up and shows up for themselves in the way that you did, in the way that I do in, in working with coaches as well. You know, when we make the decision, hey, I want more out of life. I want to learn some different things. I want to be guided and directed, it takes a lot of courage, first and foremost, to step into that. But the journey, with all of its twists and turns, and we've all experienced that, it's not always rainbows and unicorns. It's not always easy. And so you have to be very deliberate in showing up for yourself at at every twist and turn, no matter how you're showing up, and be committed to that and be, be committed to that process. And had you not done that, um, the journey would have looked completely different. So I acknowledge you for that because there are people out there, and I've done this myself, where I've hired a coach and I believe in coaching and then I didn't show up. <laughs> Why would I Raise do that? Right? Right? <laughs> Why did I invest all this? <clears throat> and yeah. then years later, I'm calling them, uh, could we still have a conversation? <laughs> and by the grace of God, like, they're like, of course, yes, come on. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, sometimes we're not ready. Sometimes we are. And you were ready and you showed up. And the other thing about your journey and some of the different things that you were doing, they all all led to where you are today. And a big part of what I coach and what we talk about on Rat Race Reboot is trusting your intuition and your inner Mm -hmm. guidance system. So, and I know that you did that. Can you tell me what that experience was like um, when you first started kind of there's one when we're, I'm dead set on taking these steps in this direction in this exact way, but your heart and your intuition are guiding you in another direction. And, and that can be a little stressful. What was that experience like for you? Yeah. Well, this, this last year was one of the most incredible, uh, heartbreaking, um, joyous. I mean, every emotion you can imagine, um, I, uh, let's see, at the end of November, my father died rather suddenly, and I had been helping out with my parents after my mother uh, contracted COVID in August of 2021. And she had long COVID and she also has Parkinson's and my dad had been her full-time caregiver. And I could see that he was struggling to keep up with everything. So I, my kids are grown and I had that space because I work remotely, I can work from anywhere. I had that space and freedom to say, okay, I will help transition you from your summer experience to your regular life back in New York. And that was going well. And then all of a sudden, uh, I think dad just realized that I was here. My, my mother who he loved dearly was in good hands and he could let go. And 
without going into great detail, it was a shock and it may, I had to decide and I did very consciously. And it, again, attributing it to the work I did with you, I was very aware of the decision I was making that I was going to uh, live with my mother and take over where my dad had stopped and then continue my work as a writer, as a podcaster, as a strategic branding coach and so forth. And I wish I could say that I sat down in that time frame of the first couple of weeks after he died that, oh, I'm going to write my next book. It didn't happen that way at all. What happened instead was, to your point about listening to intuition, for whatever reason, the universe started downloading poems through me. And I really believe that that's what writing is, is we are receptacles to much bigger ideas. And it's our job to pay attention and sometimes we do, and a lot of times we don't. <laughs> and you yeah. understand that because you just yeah. got done saying, you know, we sometimes join things or hire a coach or get a job thinking this is going to be it. And we don't show up to it. For whatever reason, I kept showing up to what the universe was giving me for these poems. And it was a way for me to process the deep grief I experienced, the confusion, the love I had for my dad, um, the the sorrow that I had that I had, uh, didn't realize how much I had missed because I lived on the West Coast and my folks live on the East and I only saw them a couple times a year. So all these things that happen to us when we lose a parent or we lose somebody close to us, we're swirling around. And uh, fast forward to May of this year of 2022, I literally came up for air <laughs> And said, I wonder what I've been writing for a while. I wonder what I have here. And so I put each one on a separate page in a Google Doc and I printed it out and I started to look at them and I said, wow, I've really got something here. And then that transformed into me organizing the book the way it is and building the book and and reaching out to a couple of, of key insiders in my circle and saying, am I crazy? You know, what, what do you think? Is there any, anything here that is beyond, you know, that could have value? And the feedback I received was overwhelmingly, Mary Lou, you're not crazy. You've got to share this. And it was a leap of faith. And I know you understand that you teach that Laura. Yeah. And it, I was guided by my intuition, even though I was terrified <laughs> because <laughs> it is, it's, I, it's vulnerable. You've read my work, you know, I, it, I deal or I address things like death and grief and falling in love and um, taking risks and being angry. You know, some of these emotions that culturally we're not given permission to express in the, uh, the general setting because they're too raw, they're too edgy. But I think poetry is one of the, is the, not one of, is the best vehicle for not only exploring it within yourself, but helping people articulate these tough emotions. And there's relief from that because they're like, oh, this person said exactly what I'm thinking. I could never say it that way, but now I have a way of letting it out. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, you know, you're reminding me that in this journey, and there are a few things here. <clears throat> One is that you were open to receiving. You were open to that. You were 
not just laser focused on one aspect of our goal. And that's like a, a big, a big thing that I, I like to ask people to think about is their goal, but in the greater context of their life, because it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life integration. This is your life. And so, you know, caring for loved ones and being there for loved ones. It's not like you're doing an even amount of time here and an even amount of time here. It's you followed your gut and your intuition to do this. And even though you didn't see the bigger picture in terms of the book until after, you were just following the the drive and the inclination to just write. But I think in the bigger context too, as you said, this is about being the fullest expression of yourself and embracing, and this is where your your book and your poems just really help give voice to people and some of the experiences and feelings that they might be having is in doing that and them reading this and connecting with it, they're also embracing all aspects of themselves. So, you know, anger, resentment, life, death, love, hate, what, whatever it is, whatever we're feeling, they're the spectrum of human emotion. And if we don't embrace that and love all parts of ourselves, we're in essence rejecting pieces of ourselves and you know what you resist persists and will constantly show up until you're ready to acknowledge it and and do something with it so what a gift it, your your journey has um is offering to people and i'm i'm really grateful for this gift mm, well it was uh, it giving it's it's interesting that the whole giving receiving paradigm or 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 model um I have discovered just in the last couple of years that it's really easy to give because it feels good and we're doing something nice for somebody else. What's harder for a lot of people is to receive. And there's a, I think there's a control aspect to it. There's a a feeling of, Ooh, um, am am I, do I need to reciprocate and, and things of that nature? And I've reached a point in my life where giving is all there really is. And I will gladly receive. I, I'm gracious receiver. I didn't used to be. And that again, comes out of doing the deep work and raising your hand and saying yes, first and foremost to yourself, not to be selfish, but to be generous. That's the thing that I think when we're younger, we don't understand uh, unless, you know, we somebody on the edge, right? Maybe some people do, but certainly took me uh, quite a while. And, you know, fortunately or not fortunately, sometimes a great loss is what we need to wake us up to what we have and to begin to appreciate the smaller things and to really take a step back and look closely, not just at our own life, but those who we've chosen to be with in our life. And I know you talk a lot about decluttering. In fact, the email you sent out this morning was all about not just decluttering our physical spaces, but decluttering our emotional and mental spaces as well, making room for what we really want. And I think that's what life really is, is a process of receiving and then shedding, right? Or or giving away. And this, this book, these poems were my way of receiving 
from a much bigger source, from that universal source, things that I know other people feel and experience and do not know how to put into words. That's, I think, the number one response I've gotten from from folks who've read the book is they'll say, Mary Lou, you paint with your words images and feelings and ideas that I have, and there's no way that I could say them. But now I have, I, I feel a deeper connection. And I think any any kind of creative endeavor, whether it's a podcast like this, or it's a book like mine, or it's a painting, or it's a a dance or a play or or a, an album of music it that's what the world needs more of and less of this very regimented rigid technology space that we've all kind of been corralled into and i think this book was also my way of breaking free from those restrictions that I have felt for quite some time, um, the restrictions of the algorithm, for example, the restrictions yeah. of uh, the platforms that we choose to show up on. And I'm not against them. I, I don't dislike them. I, I think we need to be asking bigger questions about the role they're playing in our lives, how we show up to these tools that were created. And now, and really just one day they were here and people had to to say, oh, this is on my phone. And yeah. nobody's teaching this stuff. And I think poetry and conversations like this are so needed because life is so much more than just the algorithm oh, <laughs> or how many yeah. likes you're getting <laughs> on your Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's really about getting back and remembering who we are. And, and I say this all the time is you have to carve that quiet space where you're not bombarded. I'm going to be talking very soon about goal priming and how we're being primed anyway, unconsciously by all these external things, the algorithms and the, you know, all the, the, our phones and the social media platforms. Again, I'm not against them either. They're a useful tool if we use them as such. But if we use them as life, that's problematic. And life is mm -hmm. this, is getting back to the core of who we are. And in order for us to be able to give, <clears throat> we have to be able to receive. And in order for us to receive, we have to make a conscious choice to, um, you know, we can't manage time. We can only manage our activities. We have to make a conscious choice to discard some of the things that are blocking us from receiving. And sometimes, as you described, it can be a life event that happens and it kind of forces our hand to slow down and just be with with what's most important, the core of who we are. And then from that place, we can we can grow, we can receive. Um, so, it, I mean, I, I love hearing your story and, you know, I am sorry for your loss too. And it opened up space for you as well to heal and grow and share and receive. Um, you know, it's interesting... I've talked about receiving and giving previously and receiving from source in, in this big way is no different than receiving somebody walking in front of us and holding the door open for us. So I would encourage people 
there's nothing that is big or small. It just is. We make it so in our mind. I know that's kind of, but if you can practice, you know, giving, of course, in whatever way you can, whether it's with your time, whether it's with a kind thought or a word, but also practice receiving. So looking in the mirror and telling yourself something that you love about yourself to yourself in the mirror and receive it. Open your heart. If somebody is um, picks up the tab for your coffee or holds the door open, I know I'm guilty of this. No, I got it. Why would I mm-hmm. close the door off, choke off receiving? That doesn't make sense. It, if we're turning it off in one way, we're kind of slowing the flow in other ways that we may not realize are, are coming our way. So I, I'm really thankful that you brought up that point because it's so important. Yeah, it, it really is. And that that blocking the flow is is something that, yes, some people go, oh, that's out. it. If you think about the way water works, water will always find a way to make it to its destination. And if it comes, if it comes up against a big boulder, guess what? It's going to find a way around it. Nothing is going to stop water yeah. from going where it's going. And yet we humans are constantly limiting ourselves and blocking ourselves with a lot of mindset stuff. Paradigms certainly play a role, generational trauma. I mean, there's all kinds of things. And it's it really is only through saying yes to yourself that I'm going to do something differently. I am going to step into a space. And the met, the metaphor of my title of my book, The Far Unlit Unknown, we are stepping into that every single day. Yeah. It is the far unlit unknown. And yes, stars may appear and guide us. And sometimes it's going to be black. It's going to be complete darkness. And we're going to be fumbling around and we're going to feel afraid and we're going to want to run back to safety. But I have found in my life that the times when I have pushed forward and said, I got this, I trust myself, are the most rewarding and rich times of my life. And I can pinpoint times in my life when I clearly chickened out and turned around. And then I, you know, then I have to let go and say, I just chose not to do that. I have no idea what that would have been, but boy, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) I'm going to be aware of, I'm stepping into this. Yes, I'm afraid. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to trust myself. Um, There's a a wonderful old, um, Joseph Campbell shared this in one of his books about um, that during a a ceremony for a coming of age ceremony in uh, Indian tribes, the, um, the elder would say, when you come to the edge of a cliff, jump. It's not as far as you think. And I always remember that, that get chasm that we perceive is never as far or as deep as we think it is. We mm, make it yeah. so, like you said. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and I can't remember who said this, but it's, you know, when you're breaking through that fear, that unknown, once you get through on the other side, one is you instantly become somebody else. <clears throat> the moment you decide and you break through that terror barrier that we call it, you become somebody else. You're closer to that person you want to be. And oftentimes that fear, once we break through it, it was tissue paper thin anyway. Same, you know, same point that you're making here. Um, It's a choice. We're faced with it. But if, if we 
What I also find is that when we do break through that fear, when we say yes to ourselves and to our growth, trusting in ourselves, trusting in the universe, um, often what I found is the end result is far better than I could have ever imagined if I just trust and move. Yeah. Ah. That is so beautiful. I, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation because I, <laughs> I feel like in so many ways, it's going to help people, inspire people. Hearing people's stories of, you know, people see the outside, you know, the, the, the external product, but they don't see what's going on inside and some of the things that we're up against and that we face and that we decide to break through anyway and we do it anyway in the fears. So I think it's really important for people to to hear these stories because if we can do it, if you can do it, that means they can do it. And I, I'm so grateful for this conversation. And I I highly encourage people to go to your website. Um, it's MaryLouKaser.com, but we'll have that in the show notes. But how do you work with clients? How can people get to know a little bit more about how you can help them in the work that you're doing these days? Yeah. So I work with clients in two different ways. I work with individuals and the, the primary context of the work I've done has always centered around writing. Writing is um, the, the met, I guess the means, the medium, um, uh, people have come to me because they're they're ready to write and and put their first nonfiction book out into the world, and that certainly is one capacity. I've also done uh, would would fall under the umbrella on the under the umbrella of strategic branding for business and and really looking ahead. Um, I I've created a strategic branding framework that I use with all my clients, whether it's on in a corporate setting and you know group or it's with an executive leadership team, or it's with an individual business owner, uh, or even somebody who works in corporate America, but is ready to start creating some assets that they can use for a number of reasons. People want to write books and create uh, podcasts or any kind of communicative asset uh you know, runs the gamut. It's because it's always been a dream. It's because I, I, I really want to now move into this space and I need to get my thoughts together and, and so forth. Um, but the three main pillars of how I work with people is we look at um, conversation like we're having now. Um, that's where so much of the richness lies. We have to have conversations with ourselves first and foremost. We have to have conversations with each other and we have to look at the collective conversation. What's the what's going on in the world currently. And also if you want to take it a step higher, which is what you deal with is the universal law. You know, there's certain conversations that just don't change. And then we look at leadership and what does leadership mean? A lot of people have a very distinct definition of leadership and you and I both know Laura that leadership has been evolving fairly rapidly over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years with the advent of the internet, certainly and what role that plays and how, going back to your point about how are we showing up, not just for the world outside, but for ourselves. And then the third pillar is that content pillar. What is it that we are creating or want to create that is representative of our essence, our truest selves? And every book that's out there is 
a representation of somebody's ideas. And I know you've been working on a book and mm-hmm. uh, a podcast <clears throat> is really an oral, an ongoing oral book, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, but on my on my website, I have a, a page, you know, to work with me. You can see what are the three different ways um, that people choose to work with me. People, uh, executive leadership teams bring me in to work with their people. Uh, individuals work with me to write and publish their books. And I've also done some strategic branding around starting a podcast. And um, I have a great time with my get with my clients, and we get the kinds of results and more that uh, that they're looking for. Uh, certainly, the book is an asset no one can take away from you, and and so is a podcast. When it comes to strategic branding on a more intangible level, like how are you showing up to your work? What um, what kinds of things are you uh, presenting to the world? Are you in alignment? You know, there isn't necessarily a tangible product that comes from that. However, the feedback that I've gotten over the years from when I've done that kind of work uh, in those team settings has been just off the charts and humbling, you know, yeah. that, and you know, talk about receiving. I think those of us who are in service-based work, um, learning how to receive the feedback, the, the 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 praise and the this helped me and you made a difference to my life is so, so important um, because it validates their experience. And that's why we do what we do anyway. It's not about right. us. It's about helping them, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I And I love that. It it's about, and I, you use the word alignment and helping people get aligned with themselves and their mission and how they're communicating that. And just as you gave voice to people in your latest book of poems, you're helping people, you're drawing that voice that's already inside of them out and helping them communicate it in a way such that the right people connect with it and align with it as well. And so that's a beautiful gift that you bring to the world and bring to your clients. And again, I highly encourage all of you listening to go to her website. Her website will be in the show notes and definitely connect with Mary Lou. You will not regret it. Um, I am so thankful for our conversation. Um, before we close, I, is there anything else that you would like to say to our audience? Anything that we didn't cover that we may have missed? Oh my gosh, I I feel like this was so so rich. And I, in parting, I would I would say that um, we. I, lo- I love the poem, A Summer Day by Mary Oliver, and this has become a meme on the internet as so many things have. But in that poem, she talks about, she asks the question, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And that's a question that I ask myself regularly. So as we end one year and enter a new one where there is that whole space of possibility, there's something so magical about closing out a year and, and embracing a new one. Ask yourself that. What do you want? What are you going to do with this one wild and precious life? Time is going to keep moving. The water is going to keep trying to find its destination. And we always have a choice. We can stand and watch everybody else living their wild and precious life, 
or we can just get into the game and live ours too. And it's, it's worth it. Even if it's messy and scary and you don't have control all the time, there's some, there's power in surrendering to that and allowing. So I would just end with that. And and thank you, Laura, for asking me to be here, allowing me to share my story and, um, this has been great. Oh, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, uh, we would love to hear your comments. Please leave a five-star review. Go to ratracereboot.com, wherever you listen to your podcast, all of those platforms are there. Leave your comments, leave the review. We read them and I am so grateful. But until next week, remember, everything is created twice. First in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.